This podcast is a product of the 4th and Inches Network. A podcast network designed to keep Husky fans up to date on their favorite programs around UW. Enjoy the show and go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. This week on the program, Trevor Mueller is joined by Izzo and Coach V. Izzo and Coach, along with a few other passionate fans, created a new message board for people to interact. These guys harnessed all of the buzz around the program during the coaching searches and the energy and good feelings around the DeBoer hire and turned it into a community. The guys then move to the new staff and how their schemes should lead to more of a successful offense and what they are doing to improve recruiting in 2022 and beyond. This is 4th and Inches, a Husky podcast. Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to 4th and Inches, a Husky podcast from the 4th and Inches Network. My name is Trevor Mueller. With me is Izzo and Coach V from uh, something that I've been interested in having you guys on for almost three weeks now. I think that what you guys have done, harnessing a lot of the... um, the energy and the buzz around the program, you guys created a discord um, that immediately blew up. I think you guys did it through Twitter spaces and then just bringing a community together so fast. This thing's only like two or three months old and you guys have 1400 followers. So before we really get into what discord is and and what your guys' board is all about, um, first, uh, Izzo, I'd like you and and Coach V to kind of talk about who you are, your your fandom where it started uh sure. and and your connection to washington i can start so um i always like to lead with this because it's slightly embarrassing but i don't think with the grades that were required at the time <laughs> it's it's too embarrassing but i actually did not attend the university of washington oh same um, but uh and I, I yeah yeah i feel like that's not all too uncommon these days but um my fandom started with my grandfather who actually played for heck edmondson um and by the time i was a teenager i was trying to kind of find my sports identity and i knew seattle sports was around but then i started to learn a little bit more about my grandfather and that connection there and so um what's what kind of sucked was that it was right around like the oh six oh seven oh eight seasons um but it kind of built some character there and some real um, character to my fandom, I would say, um, because we would when we would attend games, it was during our worst season. So we were, um, you know, for the football team, at least, you know, we sat through 0 and 12, 1 and 11. And um, and so that kind of built that grit. And then um, when Isaiah Standback kind of started to take over and we start to see at least some success. I really started to get really excited about Husky football and became a huge nerd about it and learned about scout.com and started following recruiting rankings. And, and so that's kind of where things blossomed for me was kind of assuming some of my actual personal identity was related to the history around the Seattle area and specifically around the, the university of Washington. So, and then that blossomed as the Huskies got at least a little bit better from those, those tough years. So that's kind of where it started for me. I think that, you know, as a long suffering Seattle sports fan as well, um, there's just a lot of grit in there with the Mariners being (laughs) statistically the best regular season team to ever play baseball and, you know, not win a world series. So we're kind of, but but coach V you got, at least in your area, you got a couple of world championships. Uh, Where does your fandom come from? 
Oh man. So um, it's really weird because nobody in my family was really a diehard Husky fan. You know, it was like Seahawks and Mariners and whatever. But um, because of poor planning, my mother went into labor in the U district and I was born at the university of Washington medical center. It's on my birth certificate that I'm a Husky. So uh, (laughs) from that point on, you know, I was a little kid and I was kind of interested in football. I was playing a little bit of football, you know, peewee, everybody's, you know, doing that. But the first time I went to a Husky game and I realized we had a Husky mascot, I was like hooked. Like, oh my God, we have a real live Husky on the sideline. That's amazing. And, you know, I got more into it. As I got older, I started caring about the, you know, what was actually going on on the field more. Um, I've got some really good memories from the eighties, you know, that orange bowl and Jock Robinson and some of those guys. But when I really became like freaking out, super fan recruiting, you know, on the field, everything was, you know, those late eighties, early nineties, Don James teams. And, you know, I'm sorry, Izzo, that you came in when you did, because, um, excuse me, I was a little bit spoiled and I I just thought it was going to be like that forever. Yeah, um, I remember seeing Steve Etman uh, on the field and when he was like a freshman or sophomore and I was really just I didn't even know who he was, to be honest with you. And I just I just love the number 90. And I was like, I'm gonna follow that guy. And then the next year he was getting, you know, accolades and, and then he was an All-American and, and he was just a freak of nature. Um, I kind of thought it was always going to be like that, but. Yeah, I just, I've never been able to get it out of my system and I don't really want to. It's just, I'm a Husky fan. I did have the good fortune of eventually making my way to the University of Washington after a couple other stops and, you know, got my bachelor's there. And I feel really proud about that because, you know, it's just something I always wanted in my life and never really thought I would be able to attain it. And, you know, I took a long road to college you know I, did, I didn't even go to college until I was about 21 22 kind of saw the world a little bit and did a bunch of things and you know I just can't imagine my life without Husky football yeah and it's one of those things like you guys kind of schedule your lives around the the the, the rhythm of Husky football you know there's I don't know if you guys listen to Josh Pate at all, but there's really no such thing as an off season because there's always something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the winter time, there's offers going out in the summertime, you have commitments. And then of course you have the fall and spring where there's football going on. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just, it, it blows me away um, how you guys were able to harness the buzz that came around this program uh, during the coaching search, the hiring of Kalen DeBoer, the, uh, the hiring of the assistant coaches, and then that crazy time between then and signing day. And um, either one of you can speak on this. What was uh, kind of the, the, the seed that started uh, what, it, well, I guess first let's define what mm-hmm. Discord is. Sure. Basically the way to, for those of you who don't know what Discord is, it's basically a very organized group chat. So if you've ever been in a text thread with more than three, four people and it's all chaotic and there's, you know, imagine going to a thousand people or 500, you know, however many people you want to imagine, uh, um, it becomes chaotic. There's, you know, people talking about various things at one time and it's just impossible to follow things. So what Discord allows you to do is allows you to categorize chat rooms in one larger 
topic tap, uh, chat room. So we've got, you know, Husky foot, you know, Husky athletics is the main is the discord itself. And then you've got a you know, university of uh, Washington football channel, a recruiting football channel, a basketball channel, so on and so forth, softball, um, you know, and then you've, you know, we've got little side rooms that are for the NFL and the Seahawks and stuff like that. So that you don't get lost in the conversation. It's kind of more free, free flowing. And um, beyond that, you can customize some rooms so that they're just Twitter and, you know, they, they tweet out, you know, you, you've selected a few people that, you know, that are the, the Husky Twitter follows. And instead of people being able to chat into that room, it's just the tweets from those folks. Um, so there's various like little things, but basically it's just an organized group chat um, that allows people to follow things um, more clearly and uh, allows Husky fans to be able to, to chat about all sorts of things Huskies while keeping it in order. I actually got a lot of trouble. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I actually got in a lot of trouble early on for um, not keeping the discussions in the right channels. Um, <laughs> in the, you know, the, I just figured, Hey, we're all talking here. Why don't we change the subject, talk about something else. And I get a text from Izzo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> take that over to the Seahawks uh, NFL. I'm like, oh, well, it was just a minute. Uh, okay. I got it. But yeah, I got in a lot of trouble in the first month or so. <laughs> I thought, I thought he was going to disband the partnership, to be honest. <laughs> well, I liked, I was on uh, one of your Twitter spaces and coach, you were talking about how whenever you have a break, um, you get on and try to retrace the last time you were on it to figure out where the, uh, where the conversation has evolved to. Mm -hmm. Oh, it gets wild. Yeah. What was the the spark that started this idea. Uh, I see mm -hmm. it as there's, uh, there's about four of you guys that are uh, really heading this whole charge. Um, where did it come from and, and what are the different jobs that each of you guys have on it? Yeah. So um, where this all started from is actually a group chat that, um, that was born between myself and coach V and Acropolis junior where we just text where we just, you know, kind of would talk Husky football and things like that. Um, and then when Twitter became more, you know, like eventually it became inevitable that when Kalen DeBoer was getting hired or Jimmy Lake was getting fired, that it would take the conversation to Twitter, right? We were sending each other tweets that were, were happening, but in our group chat. So we, we decided when we saw Twitter spaces, um, happening, you know, we, they would show up on our, on our Twitter and we were curious and we'd click into them and we heard it was basically like a live podcast happening. Um, I can't remember who it was, Drew, do you remember? I don't know who, who knows, but it, one of us had decided let's try one out or we joined one or something like well, that. Yeah, actually, um, junior was the one who was encouraging, like, Hey, you guys got to get on here. Right. No clue what he was talking about. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't know what a Twitter <laughs> space was like four months ago. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, all right, what do I have to do? And I saw them talking and I just joined it and I was just going to listen. I wanted to mm -hmm. see what everybody had to say. And then, and then jerk face, uh, junior decides to throw us the microphone <laughs> to talk about like I just got here like five seconds ago man but the first time I did it he was like going crazy like, oh my god you got to come on here next time and you got to do this and I'm like nobody cares what I have to say 
And then the next day, I swear to God, I had 75 more followers. And yeah. I didn't care in a way. I was just like, you know, Twitter was just a way originally signed up for it uh, back in like 2015 so I could communicate with my players better. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of like, you know, now they've got different apps for that. And, you know, you, you, you can talk on Huddle or, you know, Band app or whatever. But yeah, that's the main motivation. If I had known it was going to be this, I would have thought of something more clever. But um, yeah, it's, it's all Junior's fault. You can for <laughs> all true. of us. It, it went from, so natural like when this Kalen DeBoer thing started happening um, or there was rumors around which coach really was the coaching search. It wasn't Kalen DeBoer itself, but himself, but um, there was, you know, we had, there was at 1.1500, 2000 people or whatever. I can't remember the exact number of people listening to the Twitter spaces. And we had a good ri- rhythm to it where it was like, it wasn't just people talking over each other and trolling and just yelling something out, which you saw in a lot of other spaces. We kind of got organized with it just because everybody was so passionate, truly a huge football Husky football fan that nobody wanted to detract from the conversation. So then um, it organized itself to where like we, we were raising our hand before we would try to speak and stuff like that, you know, in the spaces. And, and so it got organized and, you know, at some point along this journey, I don't really know when I had created, I I used discord for something else. It was like a a stock thing that teaches people about stock. And I was just using, I'd heard about it. So I joined it. Wasn't really taking it too seriously, but I saw the structure of how they were doing that. And I created one and I was just like, Hey, you know, if we ever did decide we wanted to create something guys. And I was just saying this to Drew and, and to uh, coach V and to uh, a crop. Um, I was like, let's, we have this area essentially to come over and, and talk about it at the end of one of the spaces. I just said, Hey, I'll send out the invite link to everybody. If you want to join this chat room, you know, we can, and it was really not organized at that moment. Um, and that night, 400 people joined because they, what I said was, if you guys want to continue the discussion, we've got this open and 400 people joined. And then that was kind of, it was almost like a little bit of pressure at that point, because it was like, all right, we have to, we have to, we can't just like, let this be lazy and fall apart. Like there's an actual opportunity here to create a structured, really cool thing, and we had talked about in the past, like how cool would it be if we could create something for ourselves, like for, for Husky, you know, for Husky nation and ourselves to be able to run and, and to, to, um, you know, empower everybody to talk and have their voice and everything like that. And, you know, there was never really like a big chat feature that went for years and years. And so this could be our opportunity. To, to have that, to be able to quickly communicate with Husky fans when we're not on Twitter spaces, have a big group chat. Which I think is really cool. And, and being there kind of at the start of it, I, I don't know coach V if I was on the first one that you were on, but um, I, I guess the, the two guys that came out of this as uh, Husky celebrities were probably you and Stanley Daniels. Yeah. Um, I think people went, to listen to a couple of you guys talk, uh, Alameda Taomu was on a few. He's a friend of mine. Um, getting some really, you know, uh, fans, but also people that 
that know the game uh, more than, than an average person um, I, I thought was really illuminating. Um, it was also really cool to watch this grow uh, from the start because you guys did have some bumps um, uh, as, as you guys were pushing the, uh, the, the discord, getting people signed up um, uh, imploring people to get onto it. And, and then I, I finally joined it and, took me a while to understand it, but by that time it was a whale oiled machine. What are some lessons you learned at the beginning of starting something, you know, from scratch? Do you want to take that journey? You want me to start? Well, I'll definitely let you start because let me just say this. When Izzo was telling the story about how he just built a discord real quick, there's three members in it. And it was the three of us in our group chat. And this was back in like the spring of last year, like, and he's showing us this. We'd always talked about maybe starting our own site someday and doing that, but it was all just kind of like a fantasy. And he showed it to us. And I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. I didn't get it. <laughs> Junior didn't get it. I'm like, it's cool and all, but who would join this? <laughs> and then it just went into mothballs until the last three months. Yeah. And oh my God, I was an idiot. I had <laughs> no clue that people were ever using these things. I asked my students just as like a reference, like, hey, you ever heard of Discord? And like, oh, because they're all gamers. And they were all just, uh, he's like, what do you know? The kids are like, why do you know what that is? Like, you know, that's our thing. What are, what are you talking about? I'm like, sorry, I, I'm, I'm just asking a question. I'll, I'll let you get back to your math. Anyway, um, so yeah, I want to let you go first and I want and then I'll kind of piggyback on. Sure. So um, you asked about road bumps and, and kind of some of the things that we maybe not weren't expecting or were expecting. Um, one of them was that because we had so many people, like I mentioned before, we had 400 people join on, a, on that first mention of it in the spaces and then quickly it became 800 and then a thousand. So obviously with that natural growth and anything, there's gonna be road bumps, right? Cause you can, you can organize it, but when you have a thousand people in one chat room, regardless of whether or not it's organized, you have people that will start large side, you know, we allow side conversations to an extent, but if it goes off on a huge tangent, then, you know, nobody's talking about Husky football anymore, <laughs> then it becomes like something else. But you've got to, you know, respect the sanctity of the chat, right? Like you don't want to disrupt people and be like, all right, guys, you know, don't talk about anything of it. So there's this fine line. And what I know that I knew that there were professional moderators. I, I knew that that was a job somewhere out there and it became very apparent why that was the case because there is some real nuance to it that takes a while to learn. Um, and it takes some discipline if you're running something like this to not be like, guys, we got to, you know, hone this in um, or, you know, whatever. So what I, what was really cool about this was that, um, people reached out to us to say, Hey, if you're interested, I'd be, I'd be open to moderating. And so we ended up with a team of, and there, if there are any people that deserve tons of credit, I mean, there are, there are five individuals, I won't name them here. Um, but they really are so important to this because from the beginning, they offered their time for free to help moderate and they knew how to do it already. And so this- Power of crowdsourcing, thought, right? Absolutely. This is another example of the crowdsourcing thing because 
I would have screwed this up probably <laughs> had it not been for their guidance. <laughs> because one hundred percent. Yeah. Screwed this up, yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, you know, the 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 people, the fact that this was born out of like passion for husky football, uh, I think really resonated with people because they knew that that was the motivation behind things. So they didn't mind putting some time into it. And that, you know, that's Drew, that's Junior, that's, you know, or Coach V and, and Junior. That I mean, that's, yeah, it, it's the Nobody whole group. So it's okay, buddy. Okay, thank you. Sorry, <laughs> I screwed that up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we had this team of moderators and that really helped push us over that hump of like making sure that the sanctity of the chat is in place or of the, of the discords in place, but also, um, you know, keeping it fun and, you know, not being too heavy handed and things like that and, and positive. So um, that was the biggest thing that I can think of is just the huge amount of growth. And then, um, you know, being able to make sure that it's still a fun and policed place so that it's not chaotic when you have people who can be able to say all these things very quickly. Yeah, well said. Um, I also echo the same thoughts about our moderators are rock stars yeah. and people who are doing coding for us and like creating the custom emojis and the and the graphics yep. and everything. And they don't, you know, we've tried, said, hey, let us buy you dinner. Let us do that. And they're like, no, no, we just want to see this thing take off. Yeah. You know, we want to see something new, something, something that's different. And that's kind of been our thing all along is that we're not trying to replace anybody. We're not trying to say, Hey, um, screw everybody else. Come to us. It's like, right. you know, how many, how many streaming streaming services do people have? That's, that's my thing. Like everybody's got their Disney plus their Hulu, their Netflix. And, you know, we're different because I think that we're more agile. I think that the, the chat feature in the online, you know, the discord are so unique and that interaction that you're not going to see, you know, you may post something on a message board and it doesn't get any play or, you know, or maybe, you know, you get a couple of responses here and there and you just kind of, but this is constantly moving, constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. uh, I just think it's really cool. And then the other stuff that we're offering is, is, is also unique. You know, I, there's, there was a joke today about, um, I don't want to say it, you know, maybe there's a joke about, Hey, you know, with one of our guys, you know, Matt Stein, and he's creating all these really cool spreadsheets and stuff. And like, oh, I think other people are using your stuff. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, next thing is they're going to start doing X's and O's breakdowns. They're going to try to get a hold of the film I have. And <laughs> you know, we kind of laughed about that, but I don't think we're doing anything groundbreaking, but it's just like, we're doing things that other people aren't doing. So there's a huge like learning curve there. So, yeah, I mean, basically, it's kind of flattering when people notice you because honestly, I mean, who knew that anybody knew we were even around until the last couple months, but if they're taking ideas or if they may think that something we're doing is cool and just take it as a compliment, that's awesome. Um, I mean, shoot, I think we've all been probably over the years been influenced by what we've seen on other people's stuff. So um I know that's not cool to say, you know, but I actually enjoy reading, you know, Dogman stuff and especially sure. Scott Eklund. Um, really nice guy. I, I, I've had a chance to talk with him on a few occasions and, you know, everybody, you know, I know those guys get a bad rap, but I don't have a problem with anybody. Yeah. 
Yeah, and one more uh, roadblock that I think kind of came up and was in the forefront um, for folks uh, was when we initially launched our, our VIP membership. Um, because I think the big piece of, I think everybody's favorite feature of the Discord was a room that we created specifically for rumors and news. Um, because we have so many people in the Discord, there are people who are insiders in the Discord and they do get information ahead of their, you know, there are parents uh, of players in the Discord. There are former coaches there, you know, um, so when that happens, um, we don't want that stuff lost in the chat, right? Like if somebody comes in. So what we did was we created a room where uh, we would take the big news pieces that we were hearing or the big rumors that were flying around and were substantiated. So it couldn't just be like some random person who we don't know saying, oh, I heard this. Um, and we started to post that into a room in an organized, legible fashion. And um, upon the um, release of the VIP membership, we, we were thinking that, you know, there was so much time and effort being put into uh, make, keeping that room organized and everything like that and really moderating it that um, we thought, hey, let's, this is something that's, that's very important. Let's make that a, a piece of the VIP experience. Um, and, you know, in hindsight, um, as any road, like road bump or roadblock, um, we, there could have been more thought that had gone into that for being, if I'm being transparent. And so what happened was we, when we launched, we received some, a lot of feedback from folks. There was, there was a lot of excitement around the new features and everything like that, but there were a lot of folks who felt like we were taking away that part. Um, so being, you know, this is the beauty of like what Drew had, yeah, had talked about before about us not being, um, you know, not being a part of a, you know, a large network and being able to be nimble and agile. The next morning, you know, we said, we're not taking it away. Um, and do you think it was just a, like messaging? Like, is, say that like, again? like, was it a problem with messaging? Like, I think so. Okay. So just I think vocab, like language. I no, it was no, I'll be upfront. It was, it was a, um, it was just a thought that, Hey, this was going to be a part of the VIP offering. And, and so there was no mixed messaging, um, around what was happening there, but there, there was some feelings that we weren't, we were, we had brought in people in and then this was the part that everybody got excited about. And then we were taking it away. And so we don't want to do like, as I'm sure is coming across clear to the, to the listeners in this, like we are very passionate Husky football fans. The last thing on the world we want to do is to take away something valuable like that to, to folks. Um, so we decided the next morning, you know what, let's leave the, the, you know, let's leave the rumors and news channel there. Um, and uh, you know, for our VIP members, we do want to give them some piece of that. Um, and maybe some early access to the things that we're hearing. So that's what we're, that's the route we went. Um, and so we wanted to let people know that, like, and I think a lot of people were like, okay, well, they've paid wall stuff or, you know, but the truth of the matter is, is that stuff still gets shared. It's just, 
uh, you know, we want to give our VIP members a little early access to those to the rumors piece. We we're not we're never going to paywall the news because that is not us. We're, we're, that's not our right to do that. It's just what we're hearing that we've decided we want uh, as a, a part of the, you know, the behind the scenes stuff we want as a part of the VIP offering there. And so that was that, that was a big that was the biggest probably hiccup through this whole entire thing. Oh sure. yeah, and a lot of that stuff that uh, that's in there is is not just for me. It's not just from Junior. It's it's a lot of different people. So yeah, I mean, like to say that we have dominion over that, like it's just not true. It's out there. Um, some people have more access than others, and you know it's just that's kind of why people you know are interested in that stuff. I mean, you know how popular rumors and recruiting stuff are i mean it's 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 a whole industry by itself yeah that's an industry <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, you know like i always kind of feel the same way about things like wow I, I really need that i really need that you know inject that into my veins oh here's a really cool uh, human interest piece on a player like yeah, yeah, yeah i'll get to it later um where's this guy going to school that's you know yeah. why is this recruit not looking at washington why is there bad blood between this this person and the program and you know, that's, that's the stuff that, you know, everybody's interested in. But also I want to say about, you know, when we rolled this out, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of debate internally with all of us about how we should do it. And, and, and my, I was really nervous about, Hey, you know, I, I know people are going to get upset when we do this. And I thought, I think if, if, you know, in hindsight, what we did was kind of rip the bandaid off and say, here, here you go. This is our plan. And maybe we could have softened the blow a little bit, but uh, really appreciative of the people who who just kind of jumped on and said, hey, we want to support you guys. We want to help you. There are some people that said, I don't even care. I'll give you, you know, whatever you guys want to, you know, make this a thing. And there's so many people out there who wanted something different and like, well, hey, guys, here it is. We're trying. If you'd be if you'd be willing to support us in any way, that'd be amazing. But I think that, you know, our biggest job right now is making a product that is worthy of people jumping on. Mm -hmm. So the question and, and be clear, I think and uh, I think we've done that. Like, well, I, I want to say that differently. I think Drew has done that because um, he the the recruiting write ups that he's doing, the uh, the the video breakdown of, of the offense from uh, Fresno state um, where he's going into scheme on the passing scheme and the running scheme. Um, and the fact, and it also he's breaking down like Husky relevant recruits, like that stuff is unique. Um, and it's, it's really valuable and very interesting. So when you put all of that in succession with um with the fact that you can get access to rumors from what we're hearing and you have access to newsletters that are coming out and, and then the entire community itself and, and, and all of that encompassing for, you know, for uh, the cost of a, a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Th that's what we feel is like going to allow us to spend the time, you know, and legitimize spending the time to take this thing beyond because we're not done you know what i mean it's it, it's not it's not stop here um so uh, i know we launched into something there but i we really want to get that across that like 
where this is living is providing Husky football fans with more information that they're not getting elsewhere. And there is a lot of information being flown through there. And um, I, I think that the community that you guys build, that's why I have you on. I, I mean, there's, yeah. there's other communities that I haven't invited to come on here. Cause I think what you guys are doing is really cool. So, now man. with our podcast network that we've started, um, we have, we have a, a podcast network for Husky fans to stay connected with their favorite programs at UW. Um, do you guys have any sort of motto mission statement or vision for, uh, for the discord? Sure. I mean, I don't know if we have a mission statement that we've, you know, that we've, uh, dialed into, you know, to be like, Hey, here's a one sentence. Um, but our vision for this thing is to, is large. And actually I know coach coach has something around this that he's been thinking about for a long time. So I'll, I'll let him say, well, I think, uh, you know, combining, the, you know, my education background and the fact that I've been a part of, you know, other communities for, you know, 20 years or whatever, it's, you know, I think we're just the alternative. I think that we are trying to build a community that is all inclusive, um, respectful, and, you know, still fun. I mean, I totally get why moderating is hard and you know other people from other sites complain about it a lot and it's totally valid um but i think what we've done is is kind of been i don't say like we're the cool kids that are kind of like, hey, <laughs> but i think that we give people a lot more leash and i think that what we have learned is that the community wants it to be a certain way and they'll say hey you know you know, they'll kind of not gang up on people, but just kind of invite them into the fold and say, all right, but have you tried doing, I've, I've witnessed people in the discord police the discord on their own and not do it in a way that it's like offensive to somebody. The people get all butthurt about stuff. They usually don't last very long. They usually kind of bow out. I'm okay with that because they'll eventually realize that, Hey, it was actually kind of cool in there and they'll come back. And some people have, but I think just the message has to be clear that you're passionate Husky fans. We're passionate Husky fans. Let's just build a community together and see where it goes. So that's not really a mission statement. That's just like a, like a hope that I have that people mm -hmm. recognize that what we're doing, we're working really hard and we're trying to give them something they don't, they don't have access to. Now, I'm going to give the unhealthy version and the healthy version here. I see uh, Husky community as either a pizza or a salad. And, um, you can choose your, your own dish here, but really what I see, I love what you guys are saying about being an alternative. I'm not trying to push anybody out or anything like that. I really see everybody who is creating content for the university, for the football team as ingredients that make something really cool. Yeah. Because with that, you have every single one of the groups that I'm in, uh, the podcasts that are on there, we're all different. Uh, and we all bring a different uh, perspective, uh, whether it's uh, a little bit more harsh to, uh, to something a little, a little less. And um, I think that that makes a really, really well-rounded perspective on, on what Husky football really is. Um, and so where can people find what you guys are doing. Yeah. If you go to um, either my uh, Twitter or, well, that would be actually a good spot right there. Just go to my Twitter go. Uh, I have my, my pinned tweet is always a 
a tweet uh, that has the link to the Discord, and you can just hop in right there. And my my Twitter handle is at dog life Izzo. So D A W G life L I F E Izzo I Z Z O, and you'll find that there. And if somebody isn't on Twitter, where would they go to find it? Um, find that's it without Twitter. No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, we, we, you know, we haven't div- like dove into, uh, into posting it really anywhere else. We will be doing that, but no, that's, that's pretty much it. We will, we'll, we'll send it out to you and we can discuss that as well. Awesome. And if you don't have Twitter, just get it and follow us three. Cause, um, you'll, you'll get some stuff out of it. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. So, um, kind of moving on to more of, talking about the program Um, coach you've put out a bunch of videos that uh, are really uh, what I like about them is they're short uh, and they give a lot of information quickly. So, um, and you use the word mesh a lot uh, when you're talking about the, uh, the offense. So can you give a word picture of what mesh is and what makes this DeBoer grub offense uh, so intriguing to you? Well, that's just one aspect of the passing game, but it's, it's kind of funny because I, I use it at every level. I use it at the high school level. Um, I'm teaching the seventh graders how to run mesh successfully. And it's basically just two underneath crossing routes. Um, usually, traditionally, the Y or the tight end is setting the top of the mesh. So he's going over. The other receiver coming from the other side is coming underneath. And you want some kind of vertical or some kind of dig over the top to kind of clear out the space. And... Uh, what DeBoer's offense is, is really good at is finding all these mismatches, condensing formations, getting people out, out of position. And then they run that back on the wheel route, which is devastating. If, if you are not in perfect position to cover this, you're going to get burned somewhere. And like I said, you got the mesh underneath, you've got the dig over the top, you've got the, the wheel route coming out, you've got some kind of vertical on the other side. And it's just, it's really tough to defend. And then it's really set up to beat man coverage. But then when people start playing zone, uh, I, I swear to God, today at my seventh graders practice, we taught mesh return, which is they start the mesh, they start to cross. And then as soon as they get to the point where the linebackers are, then they turn it in, they, they pivot and turn it into an out. And that messes with people, obviously, because now they're playing zone and they think, OK, well, we got the mesh and we're just going to get the guy coming across. And then um, they obviously back out of the route. And it's it's a little chaotic for the defense because it's a play that if you run it right and you protect the quarterback, it's really, there's always somebody open. So um, that was, uh, that was that last uh, breakdown video of the offense. And we're still, there's still more to come obviously, but what I love about DeBoer's offense and he's done it everywhere he's gone. As long as you've got a guy who is a competent trigger man, the guy who can be accurate and get the ball and distribute it. um, They find a way to, to put you in bad spots on defense, whether you do it formationally with motion they'll change the formation right before the snap and and just a lot of chaos you see in the videos where guys are just scrambling around trying to find out i mean no offense to jake hayner but jake hayner was not this version of jake hayner when he left Mm uw michael Penix was not michael Penix before the deboer came to indiana i just feel like wherever this guy goes he makes his quarterback he makes his offense he makes the players that he's got better and more efficient i'm looking forward to seeing that i can't wait to see you know i kind of feel like Penix has the inside track as long as he's healthy because he's run the system before and he's a veteran 
but I really can't discount anybody because look what he did. Yeah. Look what he's done with all the personnel that he's been given. He's not getting, he's not getting those, those five-star recruits. He's not, you know, there's, there's, it's just a, a serious uptick is what I'm trying to say. And, and everybody he coaches and, and grub too, like those guys just work really well together. Speaking of what you just said about, he's doing this with guys that aren't the highest recruited guys uh, in the country. Uh, we have a, a, a patchwork kind of 2022 class of guys that I think with some development could be really, really big time impact players down the road, but, you know, maybe lacking some of the star power that we've seen. Uh, what is your guys' take on the 2022 class and what are you, what are your expectations of the 2023 class? Do we want to keep this family friendly? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> um, darn Jimmy Lake. Sure. <laughs> That is how I feel about the way this class. Um, I know there's some people out there and, you know, there's always different levels of fandom and sort of like the craziness that comes out on social media and whatnot, talk radio. And, you know, a lot of people who were very disappointed that Kalen DeBoer couldn't turn around a train wreck of a, of a season and the recruiting, you know, the recruiting doesn't happen within a six month period. It happens over two or three years. And obviously there was a lot of neglect there. So, I'm perfectly happy to give them the benefit, benefit of the doubt. And 2023 will be the first like audition, the litmus test of like, Oh, this is, you know, we've got Courtney Morgan running the show. And we've got all these guys that we brought into the program as, as recruiting uh, specialists and whatnot. Coach has still got to get it done on the trail. Um, you know, the, the NIL thing is hanging over everybody's heads and the uncertainty and, you know, when's the NCA finally going to step in and say, okay, maybe some of you guys are going over the line and we're going to rein you guys back in. But I feel like the energy and the effort and the work ethic is all there. All the signs are there that they are just working their tails off. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Hopefully in the next couple of months, we see some guys pop. I know that they probably want to get their quarterback locked down before the summer, whether that be a Jaden Rashada, Jabari, you know, guys that are kind of on the radar that we don't know about yet necessarily. But I think that, one of those two guys could be the Pied Piper to a really nice class. Yeah. I think when, no, go ahead, Trevor. Oh, I, I think that's a really interesting one too, where it comes to your assumption is they're going to take one of those two. And, um, you know, uh, Jane Rashada, your video on him really showcased a lot of the really important, impressive things that he does. Um, where Jabari Johnson, there's, a little bit of, you know, everybody who follows it knows what he can do, knows what he can't do, knows his size and all of that. And uh, you really saw, you know, Jimmy Lake didn't recruit, but, you know, there was no, there was no offer until Kalen DeBoer comes. Uh, right. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see where that goes because I think you're right. I think that there's some dominoes that can fall if Jabari decides to uh, sign on. Jane Rashada is a, a different, uh, not, not a different quarterback, but um, you know, the class, I think the class could look two very different ways based on the quarterback who, who signs. Totally agree. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest. I, I've shared this on spaces too. The first, um, you know, year or two of Jabari and a lot of the film wasn't, you know, necessarily varsity film. And he was a young guy as a freshman and whatnot. I didn't see it. 
and I was like, he's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And when I finally, a few weeks ago, got to dig into his junior huddle, I was like, oh my God, this is a different kid. A hundred percent agree. He's mm-hmm. bigger. He's more athletic. He's more mm-hmm. explosive. He just seems like he's just kind of confident and sure of himself. And I was so impressed. I was taken aback. I was like, oh my gosh, that's not the same kid I saw two years ago for sure. And, and obviously kids grow and they get bigger, stronger, faster, all that good stuff. But I, I felt like if that's our quarterback for the class, cool. All right, let's roll. Yeah. And I'll, I'll even take it a step. Uh, I was at the FSP air game on the sidelines and, and saw the difference between Jabari Johnson, who played in that game where he was outside outshined by wood to uh, I got to call one of his games against Bellevue. He, he looked a hundred times better. It looks like a different human being, mm-hmm. same kid, same face, right? Bigger, stronger, faster. It's mm-hmm. just amazing. Yeah, I think, um, you know, regarding the 22-23 class and what DeBoer is doing with this and and the whole staff and Courtney Morgan, I think um, the only way you can, like, the only way you can think about it for me when I, when you look at uh, how this is going to shape out for us is all of the, just because of how early it is, it's like, what would you have liked to have seen from the last staff? that they weren't doing. And it seems like almost every checkbox is being checked for the things that you would have liked to have seen. It's like the Jabari offer, um, uh, just the way that they're prioritizing certain recruits, the innovative offer. uh, um, There was a, you know, we, I I think we sent out somewhere around 80 to 90 offers last year. And and I think we're already over 110 or something like that this year. And it's not, you know, personally, when, we, you know, Matt Stein in our discord, he, he has the, this spreadsheet broken down of all of the offers by state and you can sort it by, um, you know, recruiting ranking and all this thing. And there was this narrative that, you know, they didn't prioritize the in-state offers, but what we, as we looked at the numbers, um, we saw prioritization of in-state offers and we saw them reaching out to, to established relationships um, that Courtney Morgan had, those players that he had come into the fold. So you saw these like out-of-region offers, and it kind of looked so different that it was like – so to me, that was like they're innovating the recruiting strategy, prioritizing in-state guys – Offer making the strategic moves to making sure that they're offering guys like Kozart, Jabari, Jaden Rashada, giving them TLC on the recruiting visits and everything like that. You know, making sure that we've connected with the the um, um, you know the seven on seven tournament coordinators and things like that to realign our junior day and give it a whole lot more emphasis. It's like so. There's all these check boxes that you're thinking to yourself, okay, what's left? to have the dominoes fall. And to me, that's um, good proof of good coaching and winning football games. And when you look at this roster going into next year, and then you think about the coaches and what they've done with previous players and previous rosters, to me, I'm like, it's, it's very exciting because I just don't see them floundering away the, the talent that they have on the roster and then being able to, and I, and I have, I have faith that they will be able to sell that dream uh, and, and sell that picture moving forward. So I, while 
you know, the, the, this class is whatever, you know, is difference in opinionated, you know, to, to all the people out there. When I think about 2023 and 2024, I am very excited. I'm also excited about 2022. Don't get me wrong. There is serious talent there still. But when I think about, you know, getting the, the stars and all that type of stuff and getting the high powered recruiting um, recruits on the West Coast and things like that, I'm excited moving forward too. like the check boxes are checked for me. But I think you brought up two really interesting points, and uh, I'm, I'm going to start first with uh, the roster construction mm-hmm. that you still have redshirt sophomores who were uh, recruited uh, by Chris Peterson. And so yeah. you're talking about a team that still has a lot of talent on it to start uh, with a brand new coach. Uh, and I know that they've done uh, from, from what I've heard, they've done a lot of healing uh, mm-hmm. of some of the players within the program to get them back on the right track, keep them. I mean, obviously you saw some of the guys that they were able to keep in the program, but even the guys who weren't going to be leaving yes. um, really worked on those relationships. Uh, I think that you're absolutely right about the way that they've gone about recruiting. Um, they haven't been throwing out offers to every single uh, high school kid that goes to uh, that that's in the state. Uh, but I think they've prioritized some really, really good talent within. I think that you, you look at Jabari Johnson and uh, of course you have his teammate down there. Um, uh, uh, Jaden. Yeah. Uh, uh, why can't I think of his last name? Jaden Wayne. Yeah. J- uh, yeah. Um, Jaden Wayne. You got uh, Jane Lamar up, up uh, from uh, Lake. My Steve. neck of the woods. Yeah. You got, and then you got Josiah Wagner, Caleb Presley, then yeah. way up North you have Landon Hatchett. Yeah. I mean, that's a good start to a class. Uh, absolutely. And then Isaiah Carlson too. Isaiah Carlson. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Who can, who can be a, a, a linebacker. He's also a running back recruit. I mean, you have a, the start of a really good class and um, you know, you're getting into the footprint of some of those Eastern teams with Purdue and um, Michigan. I think that the plan uh, has worked really well. Yeah. How, how awesome was that? Um Courtney Morgan article that came out was that Capel that put that out. Mm-hmm. It, it was like we were talking about this. Um, literally, the way it was structured was almost as if Capel was reading the comments on Twitter and Discord, like about any concerns that were left, and asking Courtney Morgan directly right. from the Discord, <laughs> like right. almost if he like took notes. Right. And and uh, it yeah he I was just like okay. Yeah, I got very excited when he answered literally the concerns about the national versus local strategy and all of those different types of things. It's really exciting. Well, guys, I really appreciate you guys coming on and um, talking about uh, really everything that you've done to to help um, you know uh, make make Husky the Husky community uh, mm-hmm. more robust. Um, if if you're not on Twitter, you can definitely find it uh, from, from yeah. just my little bit of research here. You just have to download the Discord app and look uh, look for Doug Up Husky Football, and yep. it should pop up there. So um, I'll link that in my show notes, and um, we will be good to go. But Coach V, Izzo, thank you guys so much for coming on, and, uh, you know, go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks, Thanks Trevor. Trevor.